Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. What is the one tool you couldn't live without? What's the tool you didn't think you needed until you got one and now you love it? Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here today. He has made a list of his must-have tools, but we want to hear about yours, too. You can email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. You can also call us, 866-780-9100. Of course, he'll also be answering your questions about the home improvement project on your to-do list as well. Bill, welcome. Good morning, Charity. All right, we'll get your mic on and then we'll say hello again. Is Hi, it on? Bill. It's on now. Okay. So <laughs> I don't have a lever, but button. No, here. you're not in control. Okay. Before Ooh. we dive into all of that tool talk, yep. uh, let's start with a project that you're working on, the Iowa Energy Code Residential Field Study. Tell me what it is. Yeah, this is uh, a real cool study that the uh, Department of Public Safety, the Fire Marshal's Office, and I talk about Dave Ruffcorn every once in a while on the show. He's a state energy code official. Um, the, so the Building Code Bureau and Midwest Energy Efficiency Alliance, uh, they're a group, a collaborative out of uh, Chicago. They handle like 13 states in the Midwest. And what, what they do is they get involved in, in a lot of these studies and getting people um, to understand the importance of energy efficiency, um, help on enforcement, you know, at different states, uh, and, but especially on training and gathering knowledge. And uh, so what this project does is uh, <laughs> I, was, I was brought into it to, to go around and find uh, 63 builders in the state of Iowa. And they told me what counties I had to go to and how many in each county I had to go. And uh, so we started, oh, a little less than a month ago, uh, going around, I started going and talking to a lot of builders, and uh, re- really, what this study does is um, they uh, a group will go into the home, a small small couple of uh, people, three people possibly, will go into a home that's at the pre drywall stage, so everything is done, um, all stubbed in, everything, and it's right before they're going to install the drywall. And then what they look at is uh, how this home. Um, is looking to meeting the energy code standards of 2012 in the state of Iowa. These are mandated. I mean, every new home is supposed to be built these standards. And so uh, they'll go to the home and they just write down what they see. They're not judging anybody. They're not, you know, giving a score, anything. They just write this down. And uh, then they go to a different home by the same builder. So each builder has a set, which would be two homes. They go to another home, and then they do a final on that home, which is they'll go in when it's just ready to go to the customer or the homeowner, and they do a blower door test where they pressurize the house, check for air leakage, um, and then they also do the duct work. Uh, they test for any leakage in the duct work, which is very important because, you know, especially if you have some ducts that go into the attic, you know, you're leaking warm air into there and get it causing moisture issues, all these things. So that way they know how it was designed. And so uh, gathering all this information, it's all anonymous. So I don't know. I just get a hold of the builders. I don't know which homes they looked at. I don't know anything, the results. Um, it all comes down to put all these numbers into a, you know, a big file, and then they average it out. And then it tells uh, the state, it tells Dave Ruffcorn and Mia, 
Midwest Energy Efficiency Alliance, um, do we need to do more education? How's the state doing compared to, you know, five or 10 years ago? So this is not a, a gotcha type situation. Oh, no. And the results are not going to be reported to an enforcement agency. It's no. to get a better understanding of how, and it, how it's working. It is. And it's, and it's big on indoor air quality as well. You know, when, when you can, when you have a very well-designed home, you have a very healthy home. And that's, that's the thing. And, and and I have run into it is because before I even get a chance to say, hey, this is anonymous and it's free, um, as soon as somebody, a couple of builders, as soon as I heard, they heard the word code, you know, I, I should take that out of there. I should just say residential fields. And they go, oh, well, you know. <laughs> so, so some builders yeah. are uncomfortable well, participating in this. But you've also had yeah. some good responses. Oh, too, my right? gosh. And I tell you what, um, you know, sometimes people kind of give a bad rap to big builders. I mean, somebody that maybe builds 10, 15, 20, maybe 50 houses a year. And I've in the past been the same way. You know, I think, well, they can't in any way, shape or form, you know, be building a quality home. Well, I, w- I was with um, a person uh, last week and, uh, and and the thing is I went in and sh- she was at a model home and I talked with her and she knows who she's, she, I know she's listening. She always listens. So. <laughs> and uh, um, she's, you know, I, 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 I just I wanted to stay there for two or three hours because it was so engaging talking about the quality, um, looking at, you know, um, the energy codes, uh, especially, you know, she brought up the ventilation, you know, heat recovery ventilators. Well, my gosh, you know, when I go out and talk to a lot of builders, they don't know what it is. And, and she goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, we do that in every home. And I'm going, wow, you know, and yeah. so, uh, you know, so there's now somebody that I would highly recommend to build a friend's home. And, uh, and so I'm getting a big kick out of it. I, you know, the thing is, um, you know, I'm going to have to kind of kick it into gear here after the, the first of the year. Um, they're, they're kind of, we're kind of taking a break, um, right now because, well, you know, the timing on the year and that. So, so in early spring, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm going to have to come around, uh, you know, builders like in the, uh, Cedar River Valley, um, you know, Iowa City, um, then I'm going to get over to Davenport and, and quite a few, um, in like Polk County and Dallas. Um, but you know, we've met with, uh, the Iowa Association of Building Officials. And so they're, they're trying to get me some names, but they give you the names, but they don't know who I pick or who I visit. So, you know, what they just say, yeah, here, you know, here's a group of builders in our area. That's basically what they're doing. They're not saying, okay, this is a good builder or bad builder. Um, they're just saying, yeah, here's the builders in our area because they're, they're familiar with everybody when they come into permits. So don't think that you know, I know anybody or anything like that. So if a builder is listening right now and thinking, hey, I haven't heard from Bill, um, yeah. but I'd like to participate, yes. how do people get involved? Well, you know what? I'll write to my email. You know, um, it's just uh, mcanally.bill at gmail.com. And mcanally is M-C-A-N-A-L-L-Y dot bill at gmail.com. And of course, you can get in touch with us if you Yeah, I didn't want to put that on you, you know, because I don't need you getting 300 calls, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be overwhelmed. But that's exciting. And so we'll talk it's about really this cool. again yeah. when you have your results and yeah, then we know what's going on. That's going to really be neat. I, it's a really valuable tool, I think. So now let's talk about tools. Hey, I know oh that's boy. quite the segue here. Yep, here but we go. we are going to talk about the <laughs> must-have tools in your life. So, Bill. Yes. If there was one tool that you had to choose that you could not live without, what is it? It's the cordless drill. I mean, it's when they came out, being 70, I've been around and I've, you know, the power, uh, you know, cordless drill was screwdriver. I mean, you know, <laughs> or or the the old, uh, you know, the old, uh, awl, I can't even remember right. what they name it Aren't is. they alls? Yeah, you drive, a hole, you drive a hole with a nail and there's the screw hole. Yeah. Um, 
it's uh, the cordless drills have come so far, you know, and um, I I just I can't do without. I can't do anything. So I'm always looking at when people say, well, what you know, what should I look at the drill? Well, get a, like an 18 or 20 volt. Okay, and wait for the sales. I mean, that's because you look at how much is a battery, you know, and they say $100 off, and I go, holy smokes, you know, that's like buying a car battery. But if you buy, if you find, you go to like, the, if you buy the bare tool, let's say if you're going to buy a drill or an impact drill or a cordless saw, something like that, if you buy the bare tool on the sale, they say you buy one bare, bare tool, we'll throw in the battery. Mm. And you're getting a heck of a bargain there. And I would stick with the major names on that. I mean, I really would because I've dropped, well, my cordless drill, I, I've dropped it from two to three stories sometimes. I pick it up, well, <laughs> this is gone, you know. And it actually works. And, and for the ice fishermen out there, you know, now this is a big thing of going to uh, uh, using a drill for your ice augers rather than a motor. Oh, oh yeah. You buy the 20-volt 5-amp uh, drill, you, you could just keep drilling all day long. And the thing is, now you don't have to wait hours. You know, these fast charges. The but, battery well, they technology they has improved dramatically. Oh. So if you've still got an old one and you you just never get enough charge, it's time to update. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking sometimes they're going to take a, let's say, a DeWalt, you know, 20-volt battery and you have a line of 50 of them on a Tesla and you're all set instead of buying a new big battery. I don't know why they don't do that. <laughs> and look well, cool, too. Well, hopefully there's some technology sharing going yeah. on. But that technology yeah. has come a long, long way. It's amazing. You know, and if you don't, do a whole lot of stuff. You don't have to buy a big, heavy one. You know, you can buy a lighter weight one. And you don't have to go with a big one, you know, big name brand or spend a lot of money. You know, there's some you can buy for, you know, $50 for the drill and a couple batteries and a charger. If you don't do it all the time, you know, that's fine. But if you're out there just drilling three-inch nails in or doing, a, you know, like an inch and a half uh, boring bit going into, you know, some really hard wood or, you know, I uh, – it the thing is sometimes you can get the kit – with a regular drill, and then it has like an impacting drill, so it's kind of more of a hammer type drill, and uh, those are those are very handy, and I, and I like using that one. Um, it's a little more balanced in my hand, but uh, it makes a little noise, but that's all. All right. Yeah, they're great. Okay. You so you've oh, yes, boy. you've already Here got go. your good strong cordless drill. What's yep. next? And this one is fun uh, because the new cordless uh, circular saws, and. And I won't name the relative, but someone that I know at Christmas is getting a cordless saw. And I think he knows it anyway. But anyway, he's getting a cordless saw. And I go, do you want a left or a right? And they bust out laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You're not going to catch me on that dumb joke. And I says, no. Do you want a left-hand saw or right? You know, nobody believes you. Well, it is, it is true. On a, on a left-hand saw, the blade is on the left. On a right-handed, for a right-handed person, the blade is on the right of the saw. So there is a left and a right. All right. So, so get the tool that works for you. Yes. You, you just don't go out and buy one because a left-handed person, a lot of times, uh, the, you know, they're not going to like that at all. So, yeah. Right. And and there again, they're very lightweight. And it's surprising how, well, how long they last. What kind of independence does that give you oh. with a project? Because, of course, we've been making sure we've got the the power cord and that long extension oh. cord and setting things up and making connections, that yeah. makes a job so much easier. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if it's kind of a damp conditions, you don't have to worry about the cord, you know, dropping in a puddle or something like that. And and as I get older, I seem to 
I don't know, something's wrong with the ground or the cords, but I seem to trip a lot more. <laughs> and when that cord trips me, I want to just, you know, cut it up into a thousand pieces. And, you know, you get mad, throw stuff around. Um, oh, yeah, who it gives, hasn't sawed through it, a cord? Yeah, it gives you so much. Like you say, that's the biggest thing. It gives you a lot of independence. Yeah. And they last so long. I sort I just I just can't believe it. All right, we're going to take a short break. You've got some more life-changing <laughs> sure tools to talk about in a moment. We also want to hear from you. Tell us about the tool you can't live without or the one that you didn't think you needed and then you got it and now you can't live without it. Give us a call at 866-780-9100 or send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. You can also ask questions about the home improvement projects on your to-do list. 866-780-9100 is the number. Bill McAnally is here today. This is Talk of Iowa. Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here today, and he is here to answer your questions. Give us a call. 866-780-9100, 866-780-9100, or send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. So any of your home improvement projects, Bill will answer your questions. But also, since we're talking about our favorite tools today, if you have a difficult-to-buy-for loved one, mm-hmm. call, describe them, and Bill will tell you That's what right. tool you should buy that person. <laughs> Give us a call, 866 780 9100 Talk of Iowa yeah. at iowapublicradio.org. So we've already talked about the cordless drill right. and the cordless circular saw. Yeah. What's next on your list? Okay, next one is a reciprocating saw. Most of the people call them uh, a sawzall. That's a proprietary name. Yeah. But the reciprocating saw uh, is, is, is extremely handy for remodeling. Um, a remodeler just can't live without it. Plumbers can't live without it. Um, uh, you know, and that's that it has a variation. You cut metal, cut plastic, wood, you know, things like that. And then a four and a half inch grinder. If you do a lot of, uh, you know, tinkering, anything with metal or, or you want to fix some things, um, you know, cut steel, uh, th- that's really handy, especially if you're if, if you like working with steel, you know, you do a little welding, things like that. But the tool that my best friend told me that I needed to have for years and I, yeah, well, whatever you, you know. He sell, I, I was kidding because he, he sold pop for a living. I said, you just sell sugar water. You know, what do you know about tools? <laughs> but he's always the best cutter for me. So anyway, um, it's the oscillating tool. And all, all it is, it, it fits right I've in. I've seen those on TV. Yes, you. I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you can use those for, uh, you know, cutting wood, cutting steel. They polish things. It just depends on what little blade, basically, you stick in there. And so, you know, you can sand. But, the, the you know, I think one of the best things about it, the big advantage, especially for people that don't do a whole lot um, at one time maybe, and they do, do like do-it-yourselfers, is that doesn't you – know, the oscillating just goes back and forth, okay, and it very, very little bit. So if you slip 
and it like runs into your hand or something, it, you know, it might leave a little bruise or something, but it isn't like a circular saw, a Dremel tool or a drill where they spins and it, or it digs deeper. It just hits your hand and, you know, vibrates and, and, and you're fine. You know, it scares the, scares the heck out of you, but, you know, at least the you're... The fact that you know that, Bill, yes, scares the heck out of me. Yeah, I could tell you. It just left a bruise that time. Yeah, Charity. Um, but that's the nice thing about it. And it gets into places where you can't get a Sawzall, a circular saw or any bigger tool. And so, you know, with all the attachments, especially if you like to refinish furniture or, uh, um, you know, do a lot of small sanding in the corners, things like that, that's where that tool comes in handy. So, you know, that would, that's, that's moved up my, my personal list quite a ways. All right. Now, one of the things that keeps popping up because, you know, our smartphones are listening to us all the time and <laughs> we've been talking about replacing the kitchen floor. So one of the tools that keeps popping up in my ads is a, a thing that you push against the corner of of something in your room and, and it sort of molds to the corner so that oh, yeah. you can trace around yeah. it. Yeah. What do you yeah, think? Is you it know, worth it? I, and I don't even really know what they even call those. Usually they're just made of, uh, you know, a whole bunch of wires and they're all held together in a band. And so then you would slide... Uh, this little tool up against any shape, basically, an inside, outside corner, piece of cove molding, anything you want to replicate or cut that personal, you know, that, that pattern, um, it does it. it. It takes the place of what we used to use a compass for. You know, we'd have the compass that has the, you know, pencil in it, and then you just kind of run that and get your pattern. And then you would take your compass and mark that on a piece of cardboard, and you'd cut that all out, you know, and double check it. Whereas this skips all those other steps. Um, that is a that is a very handy tool. Yeah, you would just Google something on you know a pattern replicating for okay. uh, cove molding or something like that. And Sound it like it's right worth up. it. Yeah, those are those are really worth it. You know, but but there again, um, I think that what people should be looking for too is a higher quality of safety glasses um, and uh, air filtration. Um, there is a uh, there's some things on the internet now that are coming out where they show you how to build a filter box. They'll, you know, you buy, let's say those, you know, like uh, four inch filters and you take four of them and you basically, you make a square, put a piece of plywood on the bottom. And then one of those 24 inch, you know, box fans that you use in the summer on the, uh, on the top. And what that does is it pulls the air from the room through these filters. So uh, what a lot of uh, people are using them for actually is replacing uh, super expensive HEPA filters and their heating and cooling. So if they're, but it also helps take care of odors. Um, so that's something to, uh, to think about as well. Um, especially the safety glass because we see too many people wearing these you know they think they're really cool or they're dark and all this they look like fancy sunglasses but if you were to be using an air nailer that's not going to hold that air nail that nail from hitting in the eye you need something you know that's uh substantial substantial yep. okay you can join the conversation 866-780-9100 email talk of iowa at iowapublicradio.org call with your questions or suggest your favorite tools and and uh, we've got a favorite tool call on the line, Murray in Carlisle. Hi, Murray. Good morning. Hi. What's morning. What's your favorite tool? Well, are, are we allowed to mention brand names? Oh, sure. Go, go ahead. There's no money passing <laughs> no, hands. No, here. no, no. <laughs> I I I'm a farmer, and I 
recently got laid off all well, a couple three years ago and for the last 50 or 60 years since my grandfather lost his hired man nobody's been paying attention to the fence rows and they've grown up in a lot of brush and timber and stuff and i'm cleaning them out and a couple of years ago i stumbled across a little milwaukee saw and i think they call it a hatchet it's only got a like an eight inch bar on it chainsaw bar yeah. but i tell you that has become my favorite saw yeah, you no know, pulling to start it. It's parsimonious on oil use. Uh, I, I a five amp hour battery lasts me all day. Now I'm sure you could run one out much sooner, but I work by myself. I cut something down. I pick get up off the ground because I'm cutting it off so I can mow over it with the mower, and I carry it then and stack it in the brush pile. Some sometimes a few yards, sometimes it's ten or twenty yards away, and so I don't go through a battery real fast, but. I just love it. I carry two other bigger saws for uh, gas saws for uh, bigger pieces, but I, I use this saw 90 or 95% of the time. And even when I'm cutting trees down, you know, I'll cut the tree down with a big saw and I'll attach it to the, uh, my pickup and pull it over to the ditch. And then I use the little saw to cut all the branches and stuff off and throw the, throw the brush in the ditch. And and it's so much safer using that instead of having that big, you know, 16, 18, 24-inch bar flopping around when you're trying to do the little stuff. And half the time it pulls the chain off. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, that is, that's that's a great one because I just saw last week um, the cordless tree pruner. And, you know, I took a Iowa State University master conservationist a deal on uh, woodland management. And the biggest thing was, you know, when you're pruning trees, you know, you don't make that a ragged cut. Well, you know, running around, you know, with a little tree pruner hand when it, it gets to be kind of tough. So having a cordless little saw like, like Murray's talking about and having a little tree pruner, because uh, I think that does up to like inch and a quarter. The tree pruner does like inch and a quarter. But, yeah, there's no reason to have these big saws. It's so much safer. Right. Like, what he, you know, you can actually get down and use it without ha- worrying about it kicking back and— Murray, oh, yeah. that is that yeah. is a great suggestion. Okay. And I have to say, years ago, I bought an electric small chainsaw that has to be co- plugged in. And I use it constantly, oh. but I'm dragging the cords yeah. all over the yard. And it's really, you can put three long cords. <laughs> yeah, one of my neighbors up in uh, up in Minnesota, he was out uh, cutting trees for firewood a couple weeks ago. And he comes down the hill on a four-wheeler, right on the front is is uh, one just like Murray's talking about, you know, because he was clearing some saplings around the bigger trees so that he could, uh, you know, get in there and cut the bigger one. Oh, man, Murray, I'm going to put that. That's that's going to be a number five on mine now. So. <laughs> All right. I know my wife and father-in-law are listening, so, uh, so Don, you know what you're holiday, supposed to get me now. Holiday yep. wish list. There we go. All right, Murray, thanks a lot <laughs> for the call. We've got a number of people sharing their favorite tools Good. on the line right now. And, of course, we'd love to answer your questions as well, 866 9100. Before we get to some more favorite tools, let's do a question. Since Susan is on the line in Windsor Heights. Hi, Susan. Good morning. Bill, thank you, Charity and Bill. Bill, Thanks. we have a, a grill room inside of our house. It is off of our family room. It is vented to the outside, both through the wall and through the ceiling. Uh, the grill itself is made of brick. Uh, it has an overhead vent and a light, and it has um, the grill itself can be cranked up and down. 
okay. so that you can get the surface closer to whatever you're grilling. We don't use it. We've li- we've used it once. We've lived in this house 20 years. The house was built mid 50s. It's a wonderful conversation piece. <laughs> People are fascinated with it, but it lets in a lot of cold air. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking for suggestions about how to seal that up so that we don't have, we're not trying to heat the outside. Right, right. Do you, uh, um, does it have gas running to it? Did it have gas to help the flame or was it a wood one or charcoal? Okay. Um, Charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to leave it, though, huh? The the actual grill is going to leave it there for, or you, you know, put a foosball top. Are, foosball I table. Asked, <laughs> I, yeah. No, it's built into the wall. Oh, it's, okay. Uh, the out the exterior wall, and it's not that large. But I asked my brother-in-law when we first bought the house. He is a brick person. I said, can we take this out? And he said, there's no way. It is permanent to the house. Oh, I see. I I, I, I have it in my mind now. Yeah. Um, what I'm seeing in my, my mind is, is, is something that, yeah, he's, I think he's right. Um, what you're going to have to do then is, is you'll want to get, uh, you know, a really good home remodeling person or a heating and cooling person to come and take a look at how that's vented, what material they use to vent. And there's some place there that has to have cold air intake that's bringing air from outside for combustion. I sure hope there is at least uh, to, for the, you know, for it to combust and then go out, go out the vent. There has to be some sort of makeup air, hopefully not just from your house, but um, it would be, it would really be good to have someone with that experience um, and it's someone that understands um, building pressures. I would ask them and makeup air, you know, that's a good okay. question, good question to ask them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, I'd like to cut down on the amount of heat that's ex- escaping, plus the amount of cold air that's coming in. Sure. If they if they see the uh, a he- heating and cooling person be come in and they would be able to let's say it's metal ductwork, they would be able to fabricate a metal plug or a cap of some sort, and then you could insulate um, that so that you wouldn't. So it would be the same insulation as the rest of the wall or the ceiling. And if they do the cap right and seal it correctly, you won't have any air leakage, and then you'll get back the R value or better R value, hopefully, than what the rest of the wall is. And you won't get. Then that'll eliminate all of your drafts. But the the biggest one probably would be the hardest one to find, maybe where the fresh air is coming in, and that would be, uh, you know, coming through a hole or vent someplace. And if you don't find that, every time you would turn on, let's say, a bathroom fan or your kitchen fan. It's gonna air is gonna go where the easiest place it is to come in, and it would still come in through that air intake, combustion air intake for that uh, uh, you know fire pit there. So that's gonna be the hard one uh, to find probably and to seal correctly. The overhead one that won't be tough, um, but that's the the one that's gonna probably cause you the most issues where the fresh air is coming in. That should eliminate all your drafts. You seal it, insulate it, and you should be all set. 
Susan, thanks so much for the call. Wolf thanks. is Wolf is on the line next in Solon with a favorite tool. Hi, Wolf. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's your favorite tool? I got. I, well, you know, you're all talking about these electric and and uh, battery powered reciprocators or circulars or yep. you know the jigsaw uh, stuff. Well, I got a hand tool that I really like. It's a digital micrometer. Yep. And I use it all the time. <laughs> And uh, they're really cheap now. You can get them for twelve or fourteen bucks. And the the ones I the one I my favorite one I've got a couple, but it also reads out in inches. You know, like three sixteenths or sure. seven eighths or something like that. Plus, it reads out in the the decimal inches. You know, like point yeah. seven five or something. Like so that. it just gives you a really precise so, measurement. Is that Wolf? Why it's so special? Yeah, exactly. You know, you want to cut, you know, cut a, a, a slot or a, a rabbit for something, you know. I got, I've got the actual, um, you know, measurement that I need. So I just, I just wanted to mention that because that's a great Christmas present for somebody. And it's cheap. <laughs> All right, All right. You know, there's I a stocking think, stuffer idea. I don't think there's too many, too many guys named Wolf, which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> and so I'm sure your family's listening. But you know, that's it. See, I, you know, I do a little more, you know, rough cutting and things. I, I, I don't really like doing finish work. But boy, if you're doing finish work like he's talking about, you know, you're going to get absolutely flawless, uh, just super professional looking. So I can tell Wolf's a quality guy already. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really handy tool. All right, we'll slip one more question in here before the break. Hi, Randy in Powashi County. Hi, Randy. This is Randy. Yeah, what's Good. your question? So what, what, do I, what, do I, what do I do with all these fresh walnuts in the yard other than picking them up by hand? All right, so you're looking for the proper right. tool. I you want me to field this one, Bill? Well, I you know have they an have. Answer. Well, they have that <laughs> roller, and I don't know what they're called. Nut gatherers. Well, that's so pretty easy. Randy, yeah, Randy, you just that's what have grandchildren to... are, aren't they? They just send them out in the yard, pick them up. <laughs> Not everybody has grandchildren. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so just go online and put nut gatherer or nut gatherer tool into your search engine, Randy. And there are a lot of them. My father-in-law has one, and it's great. Plus, then if you do have grandkids. They love to use them, so yeah. And if it, now that it's getting colder, it's great for if you got big dogs too. I suppose, <laughs> isn't oh it, Charity? I've, I've not tried it. Maybe I'll get out there and try it. It's All too right. easy. We've got to take a short break. We'll be back to uh, get more of your questions and your favorite tools in just a moment. I will read this one before we go. Jim writes. Um, he agrees with you, Bill. He says an oscillating tool is outstanding for any go. type of trimming that you need to do with a sharp blade. It can make clean, accurate cuts in drywall and wood, which is excellent for home improvement projects. So yet another vote for the oscillating tool. Thank and you. we'll be back in just a moment. You can join the conversation. 866-780-9100. 866-780-9100. Or you can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. This is Talk of Iowa. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer.
It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. Our home improvement expert Bill McAnally is here today, and he is here to answer your questions as usual. So you can call with a question, 866-780-9100. You can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. We are also collecting your favorite tools this hour, and maybe, just maybe, if you have someone difficult to buy for on your holiday giving list, you might get a good idea today as well. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. Email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Carol's on the line in Ryan with a favorite tool. Hi, Carol. Hi. My favorite tool is a benchtop sander. Uh, I use it for so many different things, and it's really saved my knuckles and fingers (laughs) Because I sometimes use my belt sander for really unsafe uses. And I didn't get a really expensive one, but it works wonderfully. And I'm so glad I listened today because I just added three things to my wish list. Excellent. And so thank you very much. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So a bench top yeah. sander is your cannot live without tool. Yeah. Carol and I need oh, to get together on injuries from uh, belt sanders. I Aww. think we probably had the same things. <laughs> yes, yes. And um I live in a an old, fairly crooked house, so I use it to plane a lot of little things that just, I like them to fit really well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I also live in a crooked house, Carol. <laughs> I, I, I'm adding this to my list. Thanks so much for the call. 866-780-9100 is the number. Uh, Tony's on the line in Nashua. Hi, Tony. Yes, hi. Hi, what's your favorite tool? Hello. Yeah, yeah. we can hear you. Yeah, um, it goes with the DeWalt cordless drill, um, what he started, the tool he started off with. Yeah. Um, those typically come with two batteries and a charger. Yep. This accompanies that set. It's a DeWalt 20-volt max LED flashlight. It uses the drill batteries and charger, and it is so bright. Bill, Bill's I, got it. He found it on sale. This is I, on his wish list. He's, he's, in he's my shaking, dirty little fingers. He's shaking his, his newspaper yep. insert right now. That's right. Okay. I've got the handheld LED light and the uh, the LED flashlight and the LED area light. So, so what do you what do you use it for, Tony? Um, walking the dog at night, it's great. It's so bright. People think you're the police and they slow way down. <laughs> Um, here in Iowa, it's so dark, and I live in a dark 70s ranch home where there's not a lot of light, and, you know, it just, it really illuminates any area, no cord, um, you don't charge the batteries very often, yep. I, it's something I found I couldn't have lived without. Nice. And I showed it to a friend, and he had to have one the next day. <laughs> yep, and, and you know, Tony, to help you out, I bet they probably make red and blue lenses for those, too, if you're doing a little work on the streets oh, there. Oh, <laughs> don't encourage him. Tony, thank you so much for the call. Thanks, Tony. I don't want to know what you get up to, Bill. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. You can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Corey from Davenport says... As a professional handyman and recreational team, 
tinkerer, I'm always looking to expand what I call my tool arsenal. The right <laughs> tool for the job is imperative, and I've found my most handy tool that I've purchased lately is my cordless shop vac. It picks up dust, debris, and liquid spills, and when run in reverse, it doubles as a blower. I don't know where I would be without it except behind schedule. Remember, if you borrow it once, the next time you need to borrow it, you've got to buy your own. <laughs> hey, I like that. Corey, oh, that, that is a really great... <laughs> A great rule that for life. Good. But yeah, gosh, that again, that's a technology that's gotten so much better, much better than the dust buster. And, and they're not so big. That's the yeah. handy thing, too. You can actually use it. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, well, they also, you the really nice lawn and leaf blower, too, the cordless. And, and it is a DeWalt that I bought my wife for her birthday. And that thing, oh, yeah, that's slick. That, yeah. Oh, man. This All is right. great. This is this is fun. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> back to the phones. Ron is on the line in Iowa City. Hi, Ron. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi what's your favorite tool? My favorite tool is a uh, – I'm more of a mechanic than a home improvement guy, but you can use this for everything. It's a, a laser pointer digital thermometer. Uh I used it for when I worked on motorcycles and such. You can point it at a cylinder and determine which one's running and which one's not running by the temperature. You can use it around the house in your registers to see how your air conditioning or heater's going. And I leave it on the kitchen counter next to the stove because I I use it more often to check the heat on my skillet. And if you're microwaving something, you're microwaving a pizza, you can pull it out, zap it with the... uh, (laughs) It'll tell you whether it's 100 degrees or 150 degrees. Nice, nice. So you're is, using it for some off-label that, uses, I know, that Ron. is great. See, and, and the home improvement guys, see, I always use it on looking at an outside wall. And I'll be going along, and the wall will say, like, like 60, 60, 60. I'll get to a corner that I know, an outside corner that I know they didn't insulate when they built the house, and it'll say, like, 32. I mean, yeah, those things are so, I didn't even think about using it for... For all your cooking no, needs? No, because when I bought a, when I got, was given a smoker, you know those really cool digital things? Well, I ran the smoker, and I think, oh, where's that talk on, you know, thermometer? And I opened it up, and, of course, it had been in there all day smoking, and it was melted down to nothing oh, by the time I no. got it. So I think I'll have to get one that uh, all right. Ron was just talking about. <laughs> Ron, thanks so much for the call. Phil is on the line with a question in New Sharon. Hi, Phil. If you have time, could you come up? with a definition and so forth on a heat recovery system and can you retro it to a forced air gas um well a heat yeah heat recovery system there you know in the olden days (laughs) when i first started off uh all we had was uh you know heat recovery ventilators we didn't have energy recovery ventilators and a, a lot of friends of mine actually built their own and uh, there's still some online, you know, I would recommend buying one. But, you know, all the heat recovery ventilator does, um, it's, it's, it's almost 100% of the time a separate unit um, that sits right next to your furnace. And what it does is it pulls fresh air from outside, comes through basically a honeycomb uh, uh, a, f- a filter system and exchange system in the inside of this unit. So air is pulled in, it goes through uh, past a filter, it goes through this honeycomb, and then it, what it does is on the other side of the honeycomb, there's stale air coming from inside the house that's warm, 
it goes outward and goes out of the house. And so they actually, both airs bypass each other, but don't touch each other, but they go through this honeycomb situation in the center. And it transfers that heat energy over to the incoming. So a lot of them, let's say, uh, will, if you have 70 degrees in the house, let's say it's, um, let's say it's zero outside for easy math, you know, you're going to roughly save, it's going to bring it air to about 56 degrees. A lot of them are like 80% efficient. So you're not getting just cold air from outside. Like a lot of people just put a pipe in and bring whatever the temperature is outside and it's not even filtered. And so this way you're retrieving some of that uh, heat energy and uh, and you can retrofit. Uh, there are just like go online to a good HVAC site or like uh, BuildingScience.com is a really good one, or Green Building Advisor, and uh, it'll show you how to hook it up to an existing furnace using the existing ductwork. The real key to it, though, is the controls because what you don't want to do is have some miscommunication between the furnace fan and the fan on the heat recovery ventilation unit. Um, so uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like this, I'd bring a, a person, heating and cooling person uh, that understands the system and understands the the controls and the fans because you can really goof this thing up uh, if it's the controls aren't done. Correctly correctly as far as the two fans because they're, they're working separately sometimes. Sometimes they may work together. So bring somebody in. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend buying, you know, like a, um, I've always used a Venmar, you know, and, but there's a lot of different brands out there. They've, they've actually been around since the 70s, so under different names. But, um, yeah, you, you want to get somebody that understands uh, the controls. That's the big important part. So most of the time you want to be moving about 75 to 90 cubic feet per minute, but it has to be balanced as well. Same amount coming in as same amount going out. All right, Phil, thanks so much for the call. Let's go to another favorite tool, Adam on the line in Bettendorf. Hi, Adam. Hi, how are you today? Good. What's your favorite tool? Well, I really like, I know we can talk about brand names, the DeWalt <laughs> inflator um, that runs off the 20 volt battery. Uh, you can use it to inflate your tires. You dial it into the PSI you want. Uh, Screw it into your tire and walk away, and it does the rest of the work. Uh, and the thing that I found we love the most about it, being outdoors in the summer with Boy Scouts and pools, it also has an attachment for uh, inflating inflatables. Oh, wow. Uh, be it a, uh, yeah, uh, you can fill up a, a raft or a, An air uh, mattress, probably? Yes, that's what I was <laughs> Yeah, Air mattress. <laughs> Uh, but the best part is you can take that port and put it on the suction side, and it sucks all the air out. Oh, nice. Uh, so that eliminates the long process of rolling it up in a very inefficient way. And right, you trying can to make sure air out it fits and... back into the package you got it out of. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's cordless. That's, you're not fight. You know, I didn't know that it. I didn't know that you could do that in reverse. With that, oh, that's, worth, that's worth the trip coming down right, right here. Yeah, Adam, thanks so much thanks, for the call. Adam. Steve's on the line next in Burlington. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Morning. Hi, what's your favorite talk tool? About a right ang- now, it's a right angle square that's an old design, but they modernized it. And they put a brake on one side. It's made out of aluminum. It has a edge that's about one inch wide that you can press against your board, and then you can hold your two-by uh, stock 
ready for the circular saw. And then I can get an accurate 90-degree cut every single time without having to lug around the miter box saw to every small task I'm doing. And I keep that in my truck with my circular saw at all times. It's so handy. And that one clamps to the board, you say? It has. No, there's no physical clamp, but you have a right angle added to one side of the 90-degree triangle. So you have a press surface there. So my left hand is holding the... Um, right angle square against the board yep. and in a perfect 90 degree fashion where it can't slip compared to the old carpenter square. Yeah. Much more tricky to hold on to that thing and get that saw guide. This is just perfect for yeah. it. Compact goes to me with, with me in the vehicle. And when I need something to reach for to get accuracy on a job, I've got it. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yep. Right. Like, a, like a speed square. Right. Cause you know, on the, those framing squares, they used to sell those little uh, clamps but you had to have a good edge on a board. That was always the problem, too, as well. So, that, yeah, that's a really good idea. Man, my list is getting huge here. Yeah. Right oh, my gosh. You're going to need more <laughs> than one holiday. Uh, here is a question here from Veronica in Iowa City. She says, I had moisture on some of my combination windows, but now I have it on all of them. Is there some sort of ceiling that needs to be redone? Um, most of the time, you know, it's from uh, relative humidity inside the house, maybe coming up. Uh, you may have uh, added plants, um, maybe have added uh, more cooking, um, but uh, usually that's what it is. Or you, someone or somebody, you won't. I'm not going to give you the responsibility. So I'll say somebody else put something over the top of a vent, covered it up, so you're not getting enough air wash or little air movement over the face of the window. Um, it could also be that uh, if you've added drapes, um, if uh, uh, you close drapes at night, you know, bring them all the way down uh, the windows, any window. Um, it can't do that all that much uh, when, it, when it's trapped the air between the blind and the glass. And so almost always uh, when it gets be freezing, you'll have a little bit of moisture on the bottom. Um, so I'd be looking at, at right now, checking to see if it's more humid in the house. Um, if you have a bathroom fan, you know, you can turn that on. It's the simplest way. You're losing a little bit of, you know, heat energy that way, of course. But um, if you move the air around a little bit and try to see if you can drop the humidity because the moisture is, is always, the, you know, caused by, you know, warm, high humid air hitting a cold surface and then it condenses just like it, you know, does on your windshield at, you know, at nighttime. Um, so I, I check that out, see what's going on. But sometimes sometimes people have gotten uh, got it taken care of just by running some bath fans. Every once in a while, and if it can, you know, if it keeps, if it keeps building on, you'll bring in a professional, have them take a look at it. All right, we've got a uh, time for a lightning round for a couple of questions. Alrighty, Gary we says, "We had our furnace and heat pump replaced, and the HVAC contractor says we should have a surge protector put in to protect the system." I would appreciate your opinion. Uh, you know, you're going to have to talk with a building inspector or go with the electrician because there's no way I'm going to make any opinion on something electrical like that. Because if I was to say something, I could possibly be voiding the warranty on the the system. So you're going to have to, uh, what I would do is call the manufacturer and see what they suggest. That's always, if you're ever in doubt, go right back to who made this unit um, and they will tell you what's appropriate because that's where the warranty is going to come from and the safety aspect of that as well. 
All right. And Linda in Urbandale says, I have a buried downspout at the corner of my garage. It goes underneath a sidewalk, so it needs to be buried. It's currently plugged with dirt, etc. What kind of company can clean that out? Do you have any recommendations on how to prevent this in the future? And in general, do you recommend buried downspouts? So first, what kind of a company can help her? Well, you know, any, a lot of times they'll just do it with a high-pressure hose. Uh, or high-pressure sprayer. It might take a little bit, but a lot of times if you let it run a little while, it'll soften things up. But I'm just kind of curious how the dirt got in there for for one thing. So I'd be putting a screen over the intake. So if the downspout goes into it, you need to uh, see if, if it's actually dirt or if it's all the aggregate that came off of your shingles uh, and, and then it went down into that downspout and it also could be running the wrong direction if, if it might have a hump in it might have a break in it we don't we don't know but a lot of times just a high pressure spray will do it so right, and um, that screen to prevent it from yeah, happening in yeah, the future yep. uh, are you a fan of buried downspouts uh, I'm not but sometimes you have to you right. know it's better to have it under than to go over the top and somebody fall you know from the ice on, water on top it just comes back to poor design uh, maybe it's a, easier to maybe move. You know, it doesn't have to be in the corners. I mean, it, there, you can go ahead and put the downspout really anywhere. Uh, it's just that we're used to them in the corners, but put it someplace where it's not going to run over a sidewalk or driveway. Well, we're out of time, but I, I do want to say the funny guys saved their calls for the end of the hour. Matt from Malvernon <laughs> wants to t- say that his favorite tool is a phone to call a person to come and fix something. Matt, there, there's a lot of validity there. And John in Mount Rose says his favorite tool is a hammock. Yes. Oh, boy, he's got that right. Hey, and there's a new hammock called the Haven. It's completely enclosed, keeps the mosquitoes away. Uh, take a look at that one. Look up oh the Haven hammock. Oh, that You're an cool. easy guy to shop for, aren't you, Oh, Bill? boy, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everybody who called and shared their ideas this hour. We've been talking about our favorite tools this hour with home improvement expert Bill McAnally. Bill, thank you so well, thank much. Thank you. Now I know what you're getting me for Christmas. This is great. <laughs> Thanks, Charity. Talk of Iowa is a production of IPR News. Our producers are Samantha McIntosh, Danny Gear, and Caitlin Troutman. We get assistance from our intern, Kate Perez. I'm Charity Nebbe. This is Talk of Iowa.